Hey guys, we are back with another exciting episode of Relational Leadership, where we bring you advice and our collection of ideas from our own experiences to help you with your experiences in life that you can use to become leaders that others want to follow. My name is Stephanie Clements. And I am Stephanie's co-host, Sean Diley. And today we are honored to be visited by Mr. Jimmy Smith, the operating principal here at Keller Williams of Louisville. But once upon a time, before he was an operating principal, was an assistant principal at Seneca I'm, High School. I'm hearing a theme here <laughs> in, yeah. in titles, right, but a, right, right. some very different yes. roles, though. And a man of profound principle who's going <laughs> to talk with us a little bit about his leadership journey. It seems like no matter how hard this guy tried, people kept putting him into positions of authority, yep. you know, gave him a lot of responsibilities. So, Jimmy, let's start. If you would like to introduce yourself, let the audience know who's talking with them, and then we'll get into some Q&A, and we'll try to pull the curtain back on all those skeletons you got buried back in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't want uh, – there's a few. I don't, I don't want to talk about them. But uh, thanks, Sean. <laughs> thanks, Stephanie, for having me. Um, Jimmy Smith, uh, Keller Williams, Louisville, um, and, and, and now operating partner uh, here. So um, I've been in this role since January. Uh, October, tapped on the shoulder to be the team leader, and then uh, migrated into the operating principal a few months later. Uh, prior to that, like I've almost 10 years in education um, with uh, Jefferson County Public Schools, and then um, ended, ended my career there as an assistant principal um, at Seneca. Throw in uh, an assistant college baseball coach, um, a high school baseball coach, um, team captain, CEO of the house, my wife, if you all know my wife, she's smarter and better looking than I am. I, I was tasked with running the house for a little bit. Um, so uh, just a, a lot of different um, opportunities to lead different groups of people in different capacities. Okay. And, you know, when you say that you are the CEO formerly of the house, I'm reminded that even the CEO answers to the chairwoman of the board. <laughs> right. So we all, we all answer to somebody. So, um, you know, Jimmy, in the time that we have here today, you've obviously had a pretty good ride. And we've talked already about, you know, the number of leadership jobs you've had. So maybe talk to us a little bit about, you know, having been a leader within youth athletics, been a leader in college sports, been a leader in a school system, and now a leader in real estate. Yep. What are some common trends that you see in leadership, generically speaking? And what are some of the lessons you learned that inform your leadership ethos today? Well, uh, probably the biggest thing that I try to articulate to people that I'm um, around is that everyone's a leader. Okay. And, and you hear that a lot, like, well, I'm not really a leader, but, or, and, um, there's always an opportunity to lead. And at minimum, you have to lead yourself, right? So that it starts there. Right. So it doesn't matter whether you want to be a follower or not. You've got to lead your own life. Then you're a parent, a father, a spouse, uh, a clergyman, an HOA, uh, you know, whatever there's so there's leadership has to happen at some level in your in your existence, right? Yeah. Um, and, and when we understand that, and then we become intentional about it, um, and it feels sometimes overly disciplined or overly structured, but I think it's very valuable to know that hey, the decisions that I make are going to influence whatever it is that I want to get to. Mm -hmm. um, whether I want to be healthy, so I'm I'm going to have to lead myself and motivate myself to get into the gym. Okay. Um, want to be a better father. I'm going to have to read. I'm going to have to talk to. I'm going to have to observe other fathers that are doing similar things. So uh, that, that's the first thing. It's like everyone's a leader. You, 
you might not be leading a Fortune 500 company, but you're leading something. That's right. And yep. a lot of times we have no idea who's influenced by us and who is who is actually following right. our lead. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. we're living our lives, and if you're doing things right, you will have people who notice it and and at least are admiring you from afar, whatever. Um, so our examples definitely impact other people. Absolutely. Yeah. It, Jimmy, I like how I'm in accordance with you on your view that people lead at all levels. And even throughout some of my go-to examples, which mm-hmm. is like the homeowner association, right? right. Uh, so you got homeowners association at one end, you got Fortune 100 companies at the other. And then you, you mentioned how you took deliberate steps to grow and develop within those leadership roles. Mm-hmm. So whether you're leading yourself, leading, like you said, as a father, you get to you know, ask other mentors, you know, read. Uh, you know, did you start out in your career knowing somehow, some way, I will always be in a leadership role? Or did you find yourself in those roles and then think, wait a minute, where's the instruction manual? Uh, somebody believes in me enough to do this, but I, I got some things I got to check off the list here before I'm ready. Yeah, that's, uh, you hit it spot on. Like, I, I've never... I never really sought leadership roles. They sought me for whatever reason. You know, like um, I, the first leadership role I can think of is team captain in high school. Right? Okay. And and I, I'm, I'm barely six foot tall, white guy, brown eyes named James. So I'm, I'm about as average as they come. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I, and someone asked me this question the other day, and, and I will circle back to it. But, yes, I've always been, like, cast as the leadership. Okay. People, yeah. for whatever reason, um, I question everybody else's judgment, but. Um, you know, people turn to me and like, you know, hey, let's go. When I was a teacher, I almost instantly became um, the department head after after two years. My third year, I was put on a, a team to run a turnaround for the school. When I, I left that school, went to another school to um, teach, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, you should really get into leadership. Why don't you run our after-school uh, yeah. recovery program? Okay, I'll do that. And then, yeah. then it was an assistant principal and uh, was well on a route to, to become a principal if I stayed in education. So um, and I say all that to think that the thing that, that I find is my leadership style or my leadership ethos is just consistently, consistency, showing up, being the same person every single day, um, a person that's growing, a person that's empathetic, person that is present um and so yeah and getting things done and getting things done you know i I mean when you're when you show up and you're getting things done yeah people start noticing yeah those things i I don't personally get anything done i I mean well if you delegate (laughs) and make sure it gets done yes (laughs) yes surround yourself with great people Um, that's right but yeah i just think and and, you know I've, i've become a more of a believer in the fact that the best leaders are the ones that show up and are present every single day. Yeah. So what does that look like? You know, because I, I, I agree with you, mm-hmm. but we do live in a social media buzzword world. And if I had a nickel for every time I heard a leadership expert, wink, wink, right. say, it's so important that we show up as our authentic self willing to speak our truth and create an environment <laughs> of trust. I'm like, oh, my gosh, dude, like that doesn't mean anything. Right. So so I know what being consistent, you know, means like what? What did some of those things you said, what does that actually mean and what does it look like to the people on the team? I, I mean, I, and, and maybe I haven't got into my, the layers of this yet, but I, I, it literally, to me, it, it looks like showing up. Okay. I'm going to be here at 9 o'clock. I'm here at 9 o'clock every day. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm going to call you back 
or I'm going to respond to an email by the end of the business day. Yeah. Um, if there's activities that need to be done, I'm not afraid to model them. Um, if I say, hey, we need to lead generate, this is what it looks like, watch me do it. Okay. Uh, those are the type of things that I think great leaders do. And also, uh, you know, there's, there's more than one way to get downtown, right? But I think a lot of great leaders, they, they don't say they're leading. They're not like, hey, look at me. we got to go do this. Um, it's questions, asking great questions of the people that are around you, asking great questions about the situation, come from curiosity, um, and, just, and just understand that it's a process. And as long as you're mm-hmm. growing and moving forward, people are going to come with you. And if they don't, they're going to self-select to get out. So, um, you know, it's almost, I wouldn't say lead by accident because it's very intentional. I do those things very intentionally. But what it looks like is, is being, not, not saying that I'm trustworthy or saying that I'm honest, but being right. honest. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, and yeah. If, <laughs> if you just live up to the, those basic little things every single day, they stack. It's like stack, it's like uh, stacking chips, right? If you. If you stack one on top of the other, right. you're going to be able to stack it pretty high. Right, right. right. Yeah, especially if you start out stacking it right. If the foundation is nice yeah. and solid, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And we did a thing with um, in leadership and, and maybe one of our team meetings, and I got this from a guy named Skip Berkman at LSU uh, who went led LSU in college baseball for years and then became the athletic director. Um, you take a, a quarter and you bend it, right, and you stack – you know, you have 50 of them. Uh-huh. How many can you stack up in a row? Oh, boy, yeah. And then, but if you start with that crooked one, yeah, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. stack that's it. Right, that's right, that's right. And, and you could maybe good. support one on top of a stack, but you're only going to be able to get one. That's right. So um, is that stacking, that momentum, and it, and it takes time. And, it, and it, You know, if you show up as trustworthy, a lot of people are going to say, is he really trustworthy? In the back of their mind, right? Sure. And then you just constantly are doing the same thing, and, hey, I'm going to email you back. I'm going to show up when yeah. I say I'm going to show up. And they realize – Hey, that is who they are. Sure. They're not just a hype man. So, yeah, well, um, I can jump in now. (laughs) (laughs) So what did it look like for you? I mean, what made you decide to get out of the education system? And then um, did you know that, because your wife was already in real estate, Mm -hmm. right? Because she was in education also. She was, yep. So she'd already gotten out and gone into real estate. So what made you decide to make that jump? Um. Those of you who know my wife know that um, there's tenacity and then what she brings to the table. So um, when we met, you know, I was I realized that I was just being blessed to be around a very talented person. Um, we both had two jobs. We're both workers. I, I was coaching baseball, working at a middle school and had a landscaping company. She was bartending, working at a, at, um, at a middle school and selling real estate. So. We just did that. We just we wake up and we run and um, we started having we got married, started having kids. And what was the question? Why did I get out? Really? Why did I get out of education? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, really, why I got out of education was we wanted to create a better situation in our house. We wanted to create a better situation uh, where where our life was around our business, not our business around our life. If that makes any sense, it does. Yeah, well said. Yeah. Okay. And um, so we got really intentional, and she had created a business that was scalable and producing enough income where I could step out of education. And that's when I became the CEO of the house. Like my, my main role was to make sure that the kids are taking care of food. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And then we get perfect timing because then COVID happened. Right. And I had to do it anyways. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So the move to get out of education wasn't necessarily for me to get more into real estate. It was create more air cover 
so that our kids are taken care of uh, by by the, our parents and not being uh, outsourced to different activities sure. and things like that. So Okay. And now our understanding uh, is a lot of people don't know this, but you were brought back in to consult on developing some sort of like school bus plan a couple of months uh, ago. Absolutely. Was that, nope. Had that, nothing to oh, do with it. Oh, okay. 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 Had nothing to do All right. I'll have to update your Wikipedia page <laughs> entry then. I, I had yes. just uh, cranked that out before I showed it. <laughs> yeah. So we need to put the disclaimer on you that. Can't, so uh, if you saw that 30 seconds, that was a lot. So I'm going to disallow you to uh, talk about any role you have within your family, because I think you'd probably go to that one. Uh, what's the toughest leadership job you feel like you had at the stage of life you were at? Like, because there might be certain jobs you think, man, if I had the wisdom I had now, I could go back. That really wasn't that hard. But, right. but for whatever stage of life you were in, what is probably what you think to be the most difficult leadership assignment? Or maybe felt the most intimidating. I, I want I want to shape your statement or question a little bit more the most I, th- I think the most crucial one I'm in is right now okay. uh, leading this market center to where we're going to end up um, two or three years from now okay um, okay I mean it's Good. it's really important that I get this right um, I'm not necessarily intimidated by it but it, it does have a level of uh, um, what's uh, bre- not brevity gravity gravity gra- yeah. gravitas um, sure because we this is probably the most people I've been responsible for and our and our growth trajectory is going to put 200 people in our market center hopefully in the next uh, oh wow yeah 12 months so and a lot of change and a lot of change in our real estate a lot, a lot of dynamic yeah. the market right now there's a lot of things that I'm not never going to be able to control in real estate that's right um, and it's probably you know with technology and everything the speed in which things change um, so I'm gonna I'm leading not only through and I wouldn't say it's tr- truly a turnaround, but a, a change in trajectory of this market center and the shifting market and a shifting the shifting economics of real estate as a sales commission job that'll probably happen in the next 18 months. Okay. Stephanie? So, yeah. Um, you kind of took on, because you and I have talked a lot about your, your role, and this is new for you this year, and you kind of took on... Um, something that was already not in the best of shape. So it really needed these people were either going to stay or jump ship or whatever. And I know one of the things you said, don't don't judge by who I hire, judge by who I keep. Right. And finding that right leadership team can mm-hmm. sometimes take mm-hmm. a little while to get in. So how are you working with that to make sure the right people are in place? Um, I, well, the great thing about Keller Williams, um, that whether, whether people know this or not, was it, uh, the burden of truth or the burden of knowledge? I assume everybody knows this. Keller Williams, why it is what it is is because of what it does. And, and we have a great, um, process for evaluating and hiring talented people in our organization. It starts with a uh, personality assessment we call a KPA, um, and even has a, um, like a scripted conversation on, on how to get through that process that's really deep. Um, it's not a one-day interview. It's okay. Not, it's yeah. not a show up and, hey, I'm going to hire you. Um, and, you know, there, I, and I tell tell my team all the time, like, hey, we're going to figure it out. Let's just let's get to work. And if it doesn't work, we'll get it off the wall and we'll mm-hmm. put something else up and just keep moving forward and moving forward and moving forward. And just being, again, authentic, intentional, 
open-minded, having conversations. And Emma, our director of operations, who's also known as the director of all things and uh, the knower <laughs> of all things, but she actually, you know, she she's a great leader too, and she doesn't always give herself credit for it. But she also told me, pulled me aside, and said, "Hey, you hired a great group of people. Let us do our job." Yeah. So some of that is letting people, uh, you yeah. know, rise to where they're going to go on yeah. their own. So yeah. Did I answer your question? So you, you know, all of this, you know, there's there's like. 10, 12 different sub-jobs a leader has, mm-hmm. right? And some of those things come easier to some of us yep. than others, and some things we struggle with. So I'll, I'll, I'll first let you off easy and ask you, what do you think you are naturally pretty gifted at? What, are you, what have you kind of perfected within the realm of leadership that you feel like is a strong leadership quality? And then once you answer that, you, can you, I say you know what I'll be asking. Can, can, I, say, can I say consistency again? Um, I like to think I'm approachable. I, I have good energy. I think the one thing that I've developed that I'm most proud about is um, like my level-headedness. Okay. I don't get excited. I don't get yeah. too high or too low about anything. It's just something, right? Um, Tom Brady talks about not Tom Brady. Um, Tom Brady, in some degree, but a friend of mine, his name's Harry Wilson, talks about uh, being neutral, having neutral thinking. Um, the market is the market. We can't change that. Yeah. Right? yeah so yeah. just 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 having that uh, learn. It's really a learned ability to just be very calm, smooth. Almost like the more people's emotions get higher, the yeah. lower I go. It's like yeah. it lowers my blood sure. pressure. Sure. Oddly enough, I mean, if you cut your hand off right now, my blood pressure would be at its lowest point. Now. <laughs> uh, which I think is yeah. You know, and, and I and I think about uh, my growth as a person, and which has informed my leadership. Is that that is taking time? I used to be such a hothead, especially in sports. Like everything was boom, boom, boom. But just okay. to be able to like intentionally lower my blood pressure, yeah, more stressful something. Okay, gets. well that that's good. I mean, I, I appreciate you sharing that because by personality, all of us have certain dispositions that we yeah. just naturally. I mean, we're we're, we're born with them, right? Mm-hmm. But that's reassuring to people that are listening right now that think, you know what, I, I'm a leader and I really struggle with keeping my emotions in check. Sometimes I either get too low or I get too high and I am pulled up and down by the circumstances. Right. So that helps a lot of people when they're listening, thinking, okay, that, what does he, what he's doing is an actual learned, developed skill. Yeah. yeah that, that can actually be perfected or at least improved upon. So while Stephanie is thinking about her next question, I'm now going to ask you to share with the audience to the extent you're comfortable. Uh, what's something you think you still struggle with that you're still working on that you know you could be better at? Gotcha. Um, I, I can be better with numbers. Oddly <laughs> enough, I'm a business owner, of the, but numbers are not my strong suit. Uh, more of casting vision and, and things like that are more of my strong suit. And my personality uh, profile says that I'm really high on the optimism side versus the skepticism side. So everything works. So you bring, you come in an idea, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Put wheels on it. Get it downhill. Let's go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Whereas a, a, right. a skeptic would be like, well, hold let's on, think, let's hold think on, about hold everything on. that's going to be wrong first, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so probably I'm, I'm a little too forward in thinking something's going to okay. work. Um, I'm probably a little too liberal in thinking things are going to work. So um, if I get in someone, I did a leadership survey, and, and I wish I knew who said it because I would I appreciate the feedback. Um I was accused of once I get an idea in my head, it's get out of the way, it's going to happen. And I can see that. Um, so I don't, I don't always uh, 
listen to the naysayers of something or the, yeah. the possible what could go wrong. I'm like, yeah, but if we get yeah. it right, it's going to be amazing. Let's go. Right. So right. That, that's probably the one thing I struggle with the most, I think. I got gotcha. you. Okay, uh, good. Over, good. Over, over level of optimism. Well, and then like they say, Stephanie's teeing up her queries for you. Um, you know, like in a lot of self-help programs, you know, recognition is the first step, right? You right. got to be aware you got the problem, right? <laughs> so good. Well, that's I can good. totally relate to that because, you know, I, I tend to, get an idea and jump with it also so yeah. I, I do you know and then two weeks later you're like oh that oh that's something I probably should have thought about yeah so, yeah <laughs> well and I don't mind failing forward I, a lot of people are afraid of failure and I'm and I'm not I mean it, it's just it's part of life it's going to happen so I know that right now just with the with the real estate market the way it is um I feel like there are some places that just try to they're they're trying to hire anybody who is mm-hmm. willing to do real estate and I just am curious what are your thoughts on as you're recruiting and doing things to attracting, help yourself attracting. attracting what yes right not recruiting <laughs> attracting um, talent here yeah. um, what do you look for in people and then are there people that you go, this really isn't going to be your, be your avenue? Spot. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to answer that in a couple of different ways. And one thing is Keller Williams franchise model is a growth model. Like sure. we, we're a capped model, meaning we only make, in, in the perfect scenario, an agent that comes into our market center, I have a cap on what revenue we can create. And then we profit share. So, okay. and that number, I'll just tell you, is 17000 So, if, if an agent brings in 17000 I get half of that, or I get 54% of that that comes in as what's called company dollar profit. So, we have to grow, and we have to grow people and grow producers. Um, so, we're always going to be a business that is attracting people. We're not going to attract or, quote, unquote, recruit to a certain number and then stop. We've got to constantly okay. be yeah. growing because if we're not growing, then then we're not bringing in more company dollar. And the the way the market or the way real estate is, that bottom third is is getting turned over every two years. So if we have you know a hundred people, the the bottom thirty five people are going to be different every single year. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. And then I go back to don't don't judge me by who I hire, but judge me for who I keep around. I think we continue to do a good job of raising our standards, and when we're really dialed in on saying here is what we expect for people that are in our organization and in our ecosystem they're either going to rise to that or leave and and and, and i'm okay with that mm-hmm. um, and there's people that that will come back that are at different seasons or stages of their life where they might be ready to hit that standard um, so I, I will never turn my back on on someone uh, that wants an opportunity now if you if, if you're not intentional and you're not deliberate and you're not authentic about uh your relationship with our market center, then, you know, obviously there's a cultural problem there and you're going to have to go. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But my job is not to hire or fire anybody. My job is to provide an opportunity, whether you take it or not. And if you don't want to take it, that's fine. There's another opportunity somewhere else. So, and, and people evolve. So the person that I met five years ago might be different than the person that is today. They might respond to my leadership better than other people's leadership. So um, I'm, I'm really, I am really discerning on who I want in my world. I'm also very open-minded to the idea of people can grow into my expectation as well. So mm-hmm. um, Emma and I argue about this all the time. She's like, you'll bring in anybody. I'm like, yes, I will. 
but I'm not going to keep them forever if they don't if they don't fit. Right? right, right, right. So you just mentioned about how people evolve, and even without the evolution, people are different. So some people uh, might, from the outside looking in, look at the total number of agents, let's say, you know, in in the branch here, and think, oh, you know, well, an agent is an agent is an agent. Right. You know that they are people with different personalities with different intrinsic and extrinsic motivations at different stages of their career who are going through their own evolution. So when you are a leader and you've got such an eclectic mix of people, by or while staying consistent, which is a core value of yours, mm-hmm. how do you provide that semi-tailored leadership to different people at different stages of their career with different you know, motivating you know, variables? Being flexible. Uh, you know, one of my, 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 and I'm using it, I know you're, you're military, former military. Former, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So um, I tell, and I did this in every, I'm just thinking of this right now. That's why I'm having trouble articulating. I run air cover. That's my job as a okay. leader. Yeah. Um, when I was a teacher, I ran air cover so the kids could learn. When okay. I was an assistant principal, I ran air cover so the teachers could teach. When I was a, a first uh, assistant coach, I ran air cover so the, the talent could be on the field, right? And that's all we're doing as a leadership in a brokerage is we're right, running air cover so that you can go run your business how you want to run I your business. You. Okay. Um, so that, that for me to understand that I, I can't – everybody's not going to run their business the same way. There's more than one way to get downtown. So I am a – I'm going to say it again. I've just run air cover so you can run your business how you want. And that's what's, again, great about Keller Williams is that that is Gary's business model is where entrepreneurs thrive. You can have a real estate business that's 100% predicated on digital uh, media or 100% on open houses Mm -hmm. or 100% of your friends and family. So there's so many ways to run your real estate business, and it's personal to each individual. I do not want to pick up a phone and cold call somebody. Yeah, I can I can go grab five people that are in the office back here that are excellent at it, and and sixty seventy percent of their business comes from, um, you know, cold internet leads, and that's great. There's a place for everybody, so I understand that that there's more than one way to get downtown, and that, that flexibility uh, matters. But you know, we hold your license, we we take care of all the brokerage stuff, so that you can go be a sales professional. Gotcha, Steph. So how do you get some of these people who may not be naturally mm-hmm. in sales, may not be naturally a people person, whatever, you know, well, you but, they wanna do, <laughs> but they want to do, they want to do this, yeah. do this job. What, what kind of tools do you have that you get the, to help them evolve into the, where they want to be? Um, again, there's a, there's a hundred different ones, right? So as a real estate professional, you really have four jobs. Practice, practice writing your contracts, practice conversations, practice reports, everything. You just have to be practiced in the, the tactical things you have to do. Two, you have to lead generate. You have to lead follow up. And you got to uh, stay in relationship. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so that, that close deals is part of that practice part, yeah. right? So um, you got to be a people person, right? You can't do this job and not be a people person. This is a relationship business. These, these, these are relational transactions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, what we teach and what I, I believe in is leverage. So if you personally don't like to lead generate, you've got you've to have business coming in, right? So mm-hmm. then, then you go hire a lead generation company. 
you pay Zillow for leads. Um, you outsource that. So whatever it is that you are you don't like to do, yeah, you got you got to outsource it. You got to leverage it. So um, now, if you want to be in real estate and you don't want to negotiate contracts, you're probably going to have to hire a sales a sales associate, right? <laughs> right? You're going to have to be the operation side. Right, so right. Uh, that's hard to start in real estate with no real estate sales experience. But um, you know, again, all those things can be learned. We we have a saying in, in Harry Keller, it, and I think it's all it's universal. It's simple, not easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it, sure, sure. Just like it's it's simple to know that I'm supposed to eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day, but right. it sometimes gets kind of hard. So right. the I way you that eight glasses the, of water, <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you you painted a, a a, and I know that it's not sequential. You got everything kind of always going at once, but uh, your your practice lead generation, lead follow up, and relationships. So. Uh, if I'm building a deck in the backyard, at the end of every day, I can see tangible progress, mm-hmm. right? I know that the activity in which I was engaged, now the footers are down. Now the framing is there. Now I'm putting on the deck boards. Now I'm putting on the railing. Now I'm putting on the baluster. Now I'm staining it. But in what you do, lots of times it's, it's hard to like truly quantify. Like it's hard to really hit a metric. Okay, at the end of the day, I've done, you know, something and you can really put it down to the decimal point. So how do you estimate whether or not an activity will have some value that's pushing your business forward? And because there's probably 500 hours of networking events you could go to every week. Right. And you've got to decide in my finite time, where do I spend my time and energy? So how do you make that assessment about if something's going to really help you? further your career ambitions right and so I, I guess i feel like there was three things i was wanting to hit on one is that is actually intentional sequential you got to practice first if you can't write a contract you can't have a conversation you don't know how to deal with an obstacle of a phone call or a uh, a buyer walking in the door and saying hey i want to write a contract today you haven't practiced to the ability to do the do the job or mm. do the, the work okay. so okay yes then you got to lead generate if you're not practicing your conversations, and you're not practicing writing contracts, and you're not practicing negotiations, what the hell does lead generating have to do with anything, right? You're not, you're not going to be able to close anything. Yeah, you'll you be there. like the dog that caught the car. Yeah. Like, well, uh-oh, now, now what? Now what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you do those three, and then you follow up with any leads, and then you stay in relationship with those customers for life, for those clients for life. So it was intentionally sequential. Okay. Um, the other part of that is it's really hard. It, it's faith, right? You have to have faith. The two parts were, one, you have to have faith, and two, our organization does a great job uh, informing us of some information. For example, the last bit, we through data analytics, we know that if you have 201 people in your database and you communicate with them 36 times a year, on average, you're going to create $100,000 of gross commission. Okay, okay. That's, those are, yeah. those are yeah. the math is math, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So our, our organization, Keller Williams, does a great job with data analysis and getting us this information. Okay. Um, you know, um, the average number of people in your database for people to net a million dollars in real estate is, uh, I, I, I'm going to get in trouble for not remembering this. It's either 1692 or 1962, but there's a, an actual number that on yeah. average, if you have that many people in your database, that's how much money you make. So it's faith for me. It's faith for a lot of people. My faith is based on knowledge that, um, standing on the giants of shoulders of giants gave me yeah. right yeah. but it's faith 
it's just like working out. You intrinsically believe that if I work out 30 minutes a day, I'm going to be a healthier person. Yeah. I think everybody believes that, right? right. That's right. Yeah. Same. We're back yeah. to your consistency, yeah. right? But if you show up to the gym and work, uh, hold on. If I show up 30 minutes a day, what if I do five hours today? Then I, then I should be able to see some results, right? Yeah. So you go in there for five hours and nothing. <laughs> and then what happens the yeah. next day? You're so sore you can't even work oh, out. Well, the then, then I'm going to spend 10 hours in the ER. Yeah, right. So. Yeah. Um, but it's after six months of doing it for 30 minutes a day yeah, for yeah. four to five days a week. You look down and go, man, I've got abs. My, you right, know, right. My wife's been on a health journey um, lately, and all of a sudden, like, that. I mean, she, was, just kinda, she, yeah, she was very consistent, very consistent. And then all of a sudden, it was like, boom. Came into focus, yeah. 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 Uh, there, there were some competing factors. But I think ultimately it was the discipline over a, a long period of time that created that change. And she, I mean, she, she, she looked beautiful before, but. Um, but that time on task over time is so important. Okay. And so that's, again, being consistent. Yeah. Uh, you can't, you don't, you don't know when the, the harvest is going to come. You can that's just, right. You can just put the seeds in the ground. That's well that's said. It. it is consistency. And I mean, you know, you talk about working out and they say, you know, the more muscle that you have, then the easier it gets because it's doing some yeah. work, you know, behind the scenes yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. And so um, it does take that time. And they also say, you know, I've, always heard if you can sell you can sell anything um you just have to learn what you're selling right but if you have the personality that you know you you hear those people if you know eskimo could they could sell ice to eskimos and whatever you know just because they have that intrinsic ability to communicate and draw people in do you see like when you are looking to attract new talent are there certain types of positions and things like that that you see are generally natural salespeople or those kinds of people? Yeah. Well, I mean, there. Yes, there are there are people that are versed in selling. Um, they're usually high drivers. Uh, they're high intensity, um, high problem solving kind of uh, profiles. Um, I will say, and this is probably unpopular and I'm going to challenge what you just said um, I don't think real estate is a sales job you know if sell me this pen you know the whole you know sell yeah. me this pen you're not going to be able to take somebody to a house and convince them to buy a house yeah they've already decided they're going to buy a house right you're just going along with them to facilitate that transaction yeah, uh, yeah. and being the informed advisor and being the uh, you know the, the professional of choice right um what we're selling is ourselves. Sure. And it's over, you know, over a course of a time, uh, data says eight, around 11 or eight competing weeks before someone decides they're going to get actionable about buying or selling a house. It's it, eight to, you know, so January 1st, eight weeks before then, they started really getting active about it. Okay. Yeah. And if you're not the person that they're thinking about when that happens, uh-huh. it's like my, it's like the eight, right? Yeah. <laughs> when the, when the baby comes out of the egg and sees his mom and that's who it attaches to. Yeah, yeah. So when you hit that 8 to 11-week window, if you're not thinking about me as your real estate agent of choice, yeah, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Right? You, yeah. Might, so you might open the door up for someone else to be the, the real estate agent of choice. And, you know, I do it. We do it every day. We talk about selling transactions. You know, we're going to close close to 1,500 transactions in our brokerage this year. But the normal consumer only transacts three times. So that's you know, 15 years between transactions. So yeah, yeah. We're doing it every day and we forget that, you know, every, right. everybody's not thinking that's about right. real estate that's all right. the time. Yeah. Right. 
Well, Jamie, we appreciate you being here. We are pretty much out of time, but I know. I know it goes fast (laughs) when you're having fun, right? But um, I think, you know, you've gotten some valuable tips in the process. And if you are considering a career in real estate, tell us exactly how they can find you. (laughs) Well, this is. Well, we got a Facebook page. Um, my email address is jimmy at kw.com. Pretty simple. Yep. We're at the old Caden Tower, the new the Wright new Tower. Wright Tower. Yeah. I just saw that on the news last night. Um, search uh, at KW Louisville and Facebook and Instagram. Um, yeah, I guess that's about it. And and I, I do want to leave with, with some tidbit is like, this is a journey. Like, I'm, there's a few things I'm struggling with right now. You know, mm-hmm. it's life's an ebb and flow. Don't. Don't get here. Don't get here. Be right there in the middle. Hey, you know what? I'm I'm in probably not where I want to be health wise right now, but I know it, and I'm constantly working on how do I get to being better about it, right? And it and it's not going to kill me, but you know. So if, if somebody like looks up at you, if you're leading people, you got to be honest and say, look, hey, I'm struggling with this right now, but here's how I want to attack it. Mm-hmm. They're going to appreciate that, and you know, you got to grow yourself. Well, I'm constantly growing myself, so we're modeling that too. So uh, wherever you are, it can change. Uh, and you're always going to be changing as long as you're pouring into yourself. That's great words of advice, Jimmy. And I will share with the people watching and then listening later on the uh, podcast platforms that you know my leadership journey was similar to yours. It, it wasn't a deliberate plan, but for whatever reason, I would get put into these positions of responsibility. So if you're listening and you feel like, uh, okay, I keep getting asked to take on a leadership role. Don't ever dismiss the job. Don't say, well, I'm only the, you know, the, the, the co-captain of my JV volleyball team. Well, I'm, I'm only the treasurer. They only asked me to do this at my homeowners association. Right. Um, whether or not you feel like you are ready, if people are asking you to step into leadership roles, it's because they believe that you are ready enough. And so like Jimmy here, um, you can hear in what he was saying that, once he figured that out, he began to take positive, proactive steps to develop all of those essential but intangible leadership skills. So I would encourage people, if you feel like you keep getting tapped on the shoulder saying, hey, can you take charge? Uh, it's because people see something in you, even if you're not the first one to see it yourself. Right. And so, you know, uh, embrace that challenge and grow and develop. And the only person you got to be better than is the person you were yesterday. That's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Well, we appreciate you again joining us. And um, if you enjoyed this or got some good information, we also appreciate you following us on Spotify and Audible and Apple Podcasts. So we appreciate any of your support. Also share it with your friends. And we will see you again next week. See you next week.